This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Are you afraid of anything? I remember when I was in grade school, I was afraid of our principal. He brought terror to my life. <laughs> you know, if I walked into to our wing at, at school and he was just in our hallway, it was like my heart stopped and my body shook. If we were eating and I was in the cafeteria and the principal came into the cafeteria and he could even be on the far side of the cafeteria walking in, I, I just couldn't eat. And the worst thing was when he he came by our our room and would knock on the door, we had one of these little window panes in the door. It was maybe like four or five inches wide and a a couple feet tall. And I could see out and it would be him. It's like, oh, no. And I was a good kid. I know you don't believe it, right? But I was a good kid at school. You know, at school, I was good. At home, that was something different. Terrified of the principal. 2,000 years ago, uh, understand that the cross wasn't a piece of jewelry. Okay? Uh, 2,000 years ago, no one, no one would have ever thought of using the cross as decoration in their home. Uh, they would not have put the cross up on the wall in their worship facilities or set it outside their gathering places. The cross brought extreme terror to the people. It was a place where there was great agony, where there was pain, where there was torture, where there was death. Rome used it to terrorize people, to bring them fear and to bring them terror. They, They used it for the worst criminals in their communities. The cross was a place for an object of wrath. And Pilate handed him over to be crucified. the, uh, the, The one, Jesus, whom Pilate knew didn't deserve to die, he handed him over to be crucified. Jesus, who, who had no sin, okay, at all, ever, was treated as one of the, the worst criminals of all. It was an object of wrath. Okay? And, and not just an object of wrath of the Roman government, not just an object of wrath from the, the Jewish church leaders and, and everybody that they could gather on their side, not only an object of wrath from them, but most importantly and primarily understand understand this devastating truth that Jesus was an object, the object of God's wrath, of all of that justice and righteousness and purity. An object of God's wrath. 
That's why Jesus came. Uh, he knew all along. Okay? About 1,500 years before he came, and keep in mind, Jesus is God, eternal, and so he knows what's going on, right? 1,500 years before all of this, Jesus sees the children of Israel. They're in the wilderness, and they're, they're making their way to the promised land, and they're complaining about everything, uh, They've got an attitude about everything. It's just entitled. They don't like the food. They don't like the weather. They don't like anything. Anything to do with God, they're just against, right? And so God sends venomous snakes into their camp. And some of them are bitten by the snakes and, and some of them then die. And God tells Moses, Moses, I want you to put a, a bronze snake on top of a pole. And anyone who gets bit by one of those venomous snakes, they can look at that pole and that bronze snake and be saved. Jesus knew when all that was going on that there was going to be the day when he was going to be lifted up onto the pole of the cross and everyone who ever bickered, complained, caught an attitude, felt entitled, complained about what God was doing or wasn't doing, in other words, people like you and me, would be able to look at that cross, that pole, on Jesus in faith and be saved. Be saved, okay? Jesus knew what was coming. In, in Luke chapter 9, we have these words. Once was Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with them, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, because he knew what was about to happen, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus knew why he came. And he knew what lay ahead. John chapter 12 reiterates it. He says, Jesus is, is talking here. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Save me from the terror of the cross. The agony of the cross. Separation caused by the cross. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Jesus knew why he came. He came to glorify his father and ours. He came to destroy the, the devil and all his works. He came to demonstrate in a very real way God's love for all people. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to serve and offer his life as a ransom he came to set us all free 
from all of our sins. He knew why he came, but it, it wasn't a checklist, okay? When Jesus was walking on the face of the earth, it wasn't like you and I in the grocery store going up and down the aisles. You know, I got the bananas, I got the bread, don't forget the milk, you know? It wasn't a checklist that he was doing. It, it was the way of life. It was the way of death. It was the way of salvation. It was the way of being the object of God's wrath in our place. It's just as the prophet Isaiah said about 700 years or so before Jesus came, he said, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, my my principle wasn't perfect, okay? But but he did a great job leading the teachers and and leading the school. My, My terror over him was completely misguided, you know? The terror of the cross. The pain, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual pain and terror of the cross Jesus went through on behalf of you and me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, think about it. 2,000 years ago, no one would have ever dreamed that the Roman cross, a symbol of the greatest pain and terror that life had to offer, would someday be a symbol of love and peace and victory. 2,000 years ago, no one would have ever thought that the darkness and the horrifying cross would represent God's amazing love and God's amazing grace. No one would have ever thought 2,000 years ago that justice and mercy would actually meet on the cross where Jesus' love ran red. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 tells us of Jesus. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And because of that good news, we can take up our cross and follow Jesus. Because you see, because of, of that good news, The cross isn't a symbol of terror anymore. Not for us. We'll wear it around our necks. Because of that, you know, because Jesus sacrificed for us, 
Uh, The cross is a symbol of love and peace and victory. Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, the cross now does decorate our homes and our places of worship. And so as we make our way toward Good Friday and Easter, I pray that when you and I look at that cross, that we are just in awe, that we are just overwhelmed with the love that God has for us, the love that knows no condition, that knows no measurement, that has no borders. And that's all yours. That's all mine. I just pray that that fills us up so that we, in just response to that overwhelming love of God, that we just love God back with all our heart and that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your journey, a journey from eternity a journey true to your character in every way, shape, and form. From truth to justice, to mercy, to grace, forgiveness, to peace, to patience, to love, to kindness, all that and more. Lord God, who would have thought? No one would have thought that God, that you would ever love us like that. Lord, fill us with your love to the point of overflowing so that when other people see us, they see your love. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast. Brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.